Welcome to Pocket Therapist. I'm Dr. Adam Moore, licensed marriage and family therapist, and this podcast is about how words and language can alter the course of your relationships. Have you ever had the experience of starting a conversation and just having it totally bomb? I'm going to help you rewind and use the power of language to get people to pay attention to you, to have real influence with others, to say things in a powerful but healthy way, and change the way people perceive you and what's important to you so you can have the relationships you want. Let's get going. All right, and welcome to another episode episode three. This is pretty exciting for me because uh, we're past two episodes, so it's it's a huge deal. So remember when I didn't know what full bore meant? Well, one of our astute listeners sent me the definition. Full bore is the widest capacity of a cylinder. Some lexographers think the bore first measured an engine cylinder and have a 1927 citation, while others think that the origin is from the measurement of the inside of the barrel of a gun. So that, my friends, is the definition of full bore, and now you know. And I think maybe G.I. Joe would say something like, and knowing is half the battle. Yo, Joe. I'm actually going to be answering a question today from one of our listeners. And so let me read the question to you, and then we'll get right to it. Here's the question. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on what to do when your emotions are starting to spiral out of control, either from feeling triggered or from simply bottled up emotions. Sometimes it's hard to know why you're even upset. I'd like to discuss how to slow down, rewind things a bit, and get down to the bottom of what's really upsetting me without everything coming out sideways. It's an awesome question. I think it's pretty common. Most of us can probably identify with that sense of worrying about something, feeling an emotion, and then having it sort of get worse and worse and worse until we feel utterly out of control. That's what I think we're referring to when we say spiral. Of course, experiencing an emotion is not the same thing as emotional spiral. Even experiencing an intense, painful emotion, I think, is not the same thing as that spiral. We all should want to experience emotion, to embrace emotion, because it's just data. It's information. It's usually our body's way of saying, hey, I have an unmet need. You're not paying attention to it or you're unaware of it. Can you please do something about it? So the better we do at paying attention to those emotions, the quicker we can get to the unmet needs and get to feeling the emotions that we like feeling. Happiness, contentment, joy, peace, all of that good stuff. But what about this whole emotional spiral thing where things seem to get worse and worse and no matter what we do, no matter how we try to uh, solve the issue or work through it or wait for it to go away, it just sort of explodes, turns into total chaos. I was thinking about this after I read the question and my opinion is that probably at the heart of most emotional spirals um, are unmet expectations which in my mind are actually completely different from um, unrealized hopes or dreams. Let me tell you what I think the difference is, which will help us answer the question. In my mind, a hope is a desire that a certain outcome will occur, but with the hope comes a sense that it may not come true and it's okay. 
to me, an expectation is this internal demand that a certain outcome must be achieved. If you ever attend a 12-step meeting, at some point you'll hear somebody say something like, expectations are just pre-planned resentments, which I think is a great idea. It's a great concept. It's totally true in my mind. When I was in high school, I played in a rock band, if you can believe it, and I was the drummer for the band. We wrote our own music, and we went around begging people to let us play at their parties or wherever, and we were terrible. I'm not going to lie. I actually still have some of the video and the audio recordings, and I just cringe, but at the time, we thought we were pretty awesome and that we were most likely going to make it you know, to the big, big time. Uh, but I think my biggest struggle that I used to deal with was my unmet expectations of how things were going to turn out both at band practice and at our performances. I think the thing I wasn't really comprehending was that this is a bunch of 16-year-olds just sort of jamming out in my garage, and I was envisioning, you know, Led Zeppelin in an arena. And for some reason, it never ended up working out uh, like that for us. And I would often get really, really upset, both when we were practicing in the garage and at the performances, because people weren't behaving the way I was expecting, things weren't turning out the way I was expecting, and I was just angry, which then made it really unfun, not only for me, but for everybody else around me. I wish I could go back and redo some of that, but don't we all have some of those regrets? It wasn't that I hoped we would do well, it's that I expected or demanded it of myself and others. And that expectation or demand regularly turned into a sense of deep resentment that things weren't the way they were quote-unquote supposed to be. Seems a little bit intense for a 16-year-old in high school, but that's just how I roll, people. I'm just that intense, okay? Leave me alone. Don't judge. So I think what happens with the emotional spiral is that the expectations become absolutes. They must happen or we can't function. We cannot possibly live another minute until this thing occurs. And then our mind starts to take the data that's in front of us, you know, that that so-and-so is doing this wrong, or I'm being ignored by this person, or, you know, things aren't turning out the way I expect. And we sort of walk this mental path to what we consider the eventuality of all possible worst-case scenarios occurring simultaneously, and then we just live in that future. So what's the solution to breaking the pattern of falling into the spiral? Well, it depends on your philosophy. I'm going to give three philosophical approaches and how they might deal with this dilemma, and then talk about how you can use self-talk for each one of these approaches to get yourself out of the cycle. First, having mentioned 12-step earlier, let's look at that. A traditional Alcoholics Anonymous and all of the other derivatives 12-step approach would say something like this. The solution to the spiral is surrender to a higher power. That is, all of my best efforts got me stuck where I am today. I have to let go of control over the outcome and trust that a power greater than myself will help me find the correct solution. And in fact, as soon as I totally let go of control, 
I will simply be offered that solution by my higher power and I can just take it. An Eastern philosophy like Buddhism might say that the pathway to solving the problem is acceptance. Acceptance of things as they are rather than fighting against the reality that's facing me. So I can get to joy and happiness and peace and escape this spiral as soon as I accept that life is full of pain and kicking against that isn't going to do me any good. It's an interesting little sort of paradoxical idea that for a lot of us uh, raised in a Western culture, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense initially. It takes a while to sort of wrap our heads around it. How about from a psychological mindset? Let's use the theory called growth mindset. Growth mindset tells us that if you perceive all failures, struggles, challenges, feedback as simply opportunities for personal growth, then it completely changes the way you experience the world around you. So growth mindset would say that the solution to this problem is seeing the potential of chaos and catastrophe and all these hard things, or simply the data in front of us that things aren't going the way that we expect. If we see those as opportunities for growth, uh, good sort of mirrors to provide feedback on what we need to be working on, whatever that may be, that we can just simply take those as stepping stones to get to another place, then the spiral never occurs. So let me give you some language for each of these three philosophies and how you might use that language to help sort of coax yourself out of the spiral pattern. And again, there's plenty of other philosophies that you could utilize. You know, if you've got one that you like, you need to just simply work on developing language in line with the philosophy that would help you to realize that the supposedly inevitable catastrophe is not necessarily going to happen and that your expectations, if they become hopes, um, don't have to turn into this sort of mass chaos and panic. So if I'm coming from a 12-step uh, philosophy, I might say to myself something like this. Certainly things are not going the way I expect right now. And that's actually okay because I'm not steering my own ship. I'm allowing my higher power to take me where I need to go, where I'm supposed to go, and in the timing that these things are supposed to happen. And if right now I'm supposed to experience some pain, distress, or discomfort because it's allowing me to prepare for a better future, then I can work with that. I can trust that my higher power uh, will make things right when the time is right. If you can get behind that concept and really believe what you're saying, that can keep you from spiraling. How about from that Eastern Buddhist approach of acceptance? I might say something to myself like, I may want something to happen, but if that is not the reality of what is going to happen, then I can simply accept that. It is okay that things don't turn out the way I want. Life rarely turns out exactly the way we want. I can allow myself to be surprised by the outcome of life and find pleasantness in that surprise because there are always opportunities behind every challenge. Now, I'm not an expert in, in Buddhism, so maybe that's not exactly how it might be said, uh, but I think that's reasonably close. How about growth mindset? I might say to myself, you know, I'm actually glad 
that I've got this struggle right now. And I can even be grateful if it sort of takes steps toward the chaos that I'm worried about. Because with each challenge I face comes an opportunity for me to learn something new about myself, to practice new skills, to develop my ability to function under pressure and under stress, so that the next challenge I face will be just a little bit easier because I've developed new skills. Any of these approaches can work as long as you can get behind the philosophy that undergirds the language you're using. If you find that it's not working, it means probably that you haven't totally bought into that philosophy. It doesn't mean you have to try to force yourself to buy into it. Maybe it's just not going to work for you. So pick a different philosophy. I think there's some real value in studying all of the philosophical approaches to life, happiness, joy, all of that good stuff. Even if they're uh, uncomfortable for you, different, new, or even a little bit unbelievable at first. Because... If a philosophy has survived a long time, it probably means that there is some value in it. And you might be surprised at what you pick up on and what really resonates with you that you simply weren't able to connect with before because you had never heard it until that very moment. My friends, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please consider subscribing and giving me a review and all that fun stuff that helps this uh, podcast get out into the ears of other people that might receive some help from it. Thanks again. We'll catch you next time.